0: What's up, everybody? Hope everyone had a nice Wednesday. NBA season temped off last night. You had the Warriors besting the Lakers and the Milwaukee Bucks on ring night. Or ring ceremony. They got their ring from the (laughs) finals. Sorry, I'm a little off today. Um, Starting off with Ben Simmons, actually. Point guard for the Philadelphia 76ers. And as you guys all know, he's kind of one of those players who doesn't really want to take the final shot. He doesn't want to be a good player. I'd say maybe a great player. And has the skills to continuously be great, but he's not consistent. Anyway, um, you know, He's kind of been in the headlines all summer, or all offseason for the 76ers in a negative light. Started off with Game 7 against, I think it was against against Atlanta, I believe. And Ben Simmons had an open look to go for a dunk. Decided to pass it midway. And kind of things just went down from there. And Doc Rivers was asked after that game, can they win going forward with Ben Simmons at that position? And Doc Rivers blatantly said no. And I don't necessarily disagree with him. And Ben Simmons didn't show up to anything, didn't report to any team meetings, didn't do anything. Finally, last week he did, but he really wasn't all there. Uh, two days ago, or yesterday I believe, it was reported that Ben Simmons was at practice, showed up to practice with a phone in his pocket. Again, he's there, but he's not. Um, and then Doc Rivers asked Ben Simmons to join in on a defensive uh, drill. Ben Simmons said no. Doc Rivers asked him again. And Ben Simmons said no. So Doc Rivers sent him home, and I don't blame him. And then Joel Embiid was asked after yesterday's – after all that. And Joel Embiid went on to say things like, we're not here to babysit this guy, and I don't really care about that man. Now, I'm no English major. But I'm pretty sure there was not a comma in between the words there and man. Now, if it was, and he just spoke fast, it was kind of the heathen moment. But so either he meant, I don't care about that man, or I don't care about that man. And neither are good for Ben Simmons. Um, You can kind of compare these situations to actually a lot of things, really. And today's sports world, at least the NBA. When Anthony Davis wanted to leave New Orleans, which he knew why. They were rebuilding and he didn't want to be part of it. Or they weren't contending and he didn't want to be a part of it. And then there's James Harden, who maybe you didn't agree with his antics, but you know why he wanted to leave Houston to go to Brooklyn or another contender. Or a different team, at least. Someone who's in more position to contend now than Houston. Sorry. Um, Like I said, I'm out of it today. Um, But Ben Simmons is... He's one, They're one of the best teams in the league right now, the 76ers. Like, what does it do? I understand with all the trade talks and Doc Rivers kind of throwing them under the bus. I understand why it'd be a little salty, but if you want to leave a job, and I've been there before, everyone's been there before, if you want to leave a job, unless the next job you have in line is dead set, you want to make yourself look good. Whether you hate your boss, or you hate your coworkers, and I shouldn't say hate, but you don't like your boss, you don't like your coworkers, that's fine, we've all been there. I've been there. But at the end of the day, you want to make yourself look good and make yourself look presentable to the next company you're going to. So there's no harm. There's no foul play. There's none of that. No one's got their feelings hurt. Ben Simmons, if he could just show up for the next month, work his butt off, act like he cares, who knows? Maybe he can get traded to another contender. A coach that actually wants to use him. Because in the right situation, he can be great. He really can. Now on the next one, who who, will be, who I think will be great, um, a team out west, Los Angeles Lakers, kind of overhauled this year. They kind of reset their roster. And I don't, I don't know if I really like the roster re- reset. They basically traded away their whole bench for a bunch of older veterans. And there's nothing wrong with that, having a bunch of veteran veterans on the team. That are still young-ish. Maybe not totally young, but young-ish. Can go another year or two. John Rondo, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard. Guys like that. And then there's Russell Westbrook. Ron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. They needed a minutes guy. A guy who can eat up 30 minutes, 35 minutes a game. And here's the thing with the NBA. And the NHL too. Even MLB. We all overreact. To one game. One game. Lakers didn't do great last night. They got beat by the Warriors. And double digit loss. Russell Westbrook, eight points, as many turnovers as he had assists. Just didn't play great. I really liked LeBron's words after the game he said. <laughs> I guess he told Russell Westbrook to go watch a comedy um kind of or go do something to kinda put a smile on your face, like one game isn't going to kill you, and I completely agree with LeBron. Um, don't agree with some of LeBron's antics, but at the end of the day, he's a great player, an all-time great player in basketball and sports in general. But he, he, he hit the nail on the head last night, and this kind of goes for everybody. I know people in sports media and analysts, they're paid to react to every little thing. But I'm reacting to how I would. I'm not trying to have an actual reaction. It was one game, and the Warriors, Warriors, Golden State Warriors, are in a place to where they're not going to be the team that's going to get punched. In, that everybody's going to line up and punch them in the face for the dynasty they've had over the past few years. Like the Warriors, maybe the dynasty is not back yet, but they're not rolling over and letting people punch them in the face like they had been. So there's that. MLB playoffs. I didn't look into it. I should have looked into it. I will look into it for Friday's episode, especially with Game 6 happening Friday. Um, Red Sox had that commanding 2-1 to lead with all the grand slams. And then all of a sudden lost last night to Houston. I'll be honest, I don't even remember what the score was. I was kind of worn out. I'll look at that here in a second. Apparently it was a controversial call, a ball, a ball or a strike. It's, there's always controversial calls with umpires, referees. There's always something. It's kind of that human element. Everyone says we should have robots for that. Like, no, I want the human element. Like there's no one's going to be perfect, especially an umpire or referee. Then we should cut these guys some slack. So Astros won a night, 9-1. to one. They now lead the series 3-2. to It goes back to Houston, Game 6 on Friday at 7 p.m. Central. Anyways, that's that on that one. What's exciting about that one is all the runs. What's exciting about this series I'm watching right now, Braves and Dodgers. Actually, Monday night, I didn't get a chance to watch... Usually it's Monday Night Football, Monday Night Raw. I'll react to it. I'll, I'll react to the Monday Night Football after this segment. Um, Monday Night Raw, I didn't get a chance to watch because I wanted to, MLB, wanted to watch the MLB playoffs, do my podcast, or do this for you guys. And... Or sorry, so I have Monday Night Raw, it's muted right now. I'm not really listening to it. Um... Last night, Braves and Dodgers, it was game three, Braves were up, 2-0, were up 2-0, it's now 2-1. They had a commanding 5-2 lead, like they do now, in the top of the seventh. Well, last night was bottom of the eighth, There's two outs, Cody Bellinger comes up to the plate, there's two on, two outs, like I said, and Cody Bellinger hits a home run with a ball that's up to the numbers, his jersey numbers, almost four feet high. It's not a ball you really swing at, if you do, you're lucky if it goes to a grounder, and you get one run scored, and you make it to first, especially when a two out situation, or you kind of, or it's like one of those sacrifice type hits. He hit a home run. All of a sudden, it's tied five five. Eventually, Dodgers take the six to five lead, and they win. That's that. Now the Braves tonight so far have reeled off with a four to zero lead. Now it's five to two. I don't know if the same thing will happen. I think Braves pitching has been a lot better tonight. So far. And. No. Okay. Sorry, I thought Braves almost just had another home run. Right in front of the warning track. Anyways, that was kind of that on the MLB playoffs. I don't know if we'll go to game six like I predicted. I didn't think. I figured whoever it would win would kind of keep it from going to a game seven, but now I'm starting to think it will. And Red Sox and Astros looks like it might go to a Game 7 as well. So, hey, Game 7, two best words in sports. So, I'm, I'm happy with it. Speaking of Monday Night Raw, I have it muted. Here's the thing with the WWE. And here's what I like about pro wrestling com- other pro wrestling companies more. They have less pay-per-views than WWE does. It's month to month. Now, don't get me wrong, as a major football fan... During the off season it's kind of weird. Like, I love sports, but football is my favorite out of all of them. I'm looking for something, and when the season's over every year, I'm going to do give you 10 to 15 things of things to look forward to during the NFL's off-season. Because a lot of people that are sports fans are casual sports fans as everything else, but love their college and NFL football, as do I. And I really started getting into a lot of sports my sophomore, junior year of high school, when the Chiefs were kind of getting to where I wanted them to be finally, and for my whole childhood, they got Andy Reid, they got Alex Smith, and I was, when the season ended that first year with them, I was like, man, that really sucks, I'm looking forward to the future. I feel like we got something stable here. And I was like, you know what? There's other sports out there than just football, Dalton, than just Chiefs football. So I got into other stuff, and I was already watching wrestling. I kind of stopped watching wrestling around that time, I don't know if I've talked about it here before. I got back into wrestling last year when the pandemic hit, and I wanted something more sport-esque to watch. And when I started watching it, I was like, wow, they're making WWE specifically more sport-esque. They're looking at the competitive side, the athletic side. Apparently, I don't know if this is true or not, I've seen it before, where they will have WWE scouts go to the NFL scouting combine, and athletes that are there that aren't really maybe going to make it. And And not just the NFL combine, other combines as well. Uh, hey, maybe the AFL or NBA won't work out for you. Want to about you come try this? And it usually kind of works out here and there. But anyways. Back to it. The reason I kind of just recorded Monday Night raw, raw, raw. One, I was worn out. Didn't know what time I was going to get home from work. Well, I did, but I wasn't going to be able to sit down and kind of watch it right away. So I recorded it. I was going to start watching it and I was like, this Monday Night Football game is really good. Bills and Titans was amazing, by the way. Um, Derek Henry, thank you for a loss. I'm really salty with the Buffalo Bills right now. They co- they embarrassed my Chiefs one week, and they cost me a fantasy win the next week. Thank you, Buffalo. You guys really hate me this year. Anyways, back to the NFL offseason and pro wrestling. The two things that I watch the most in the NFL offseason, the things I was talk about the most, big UFC fights, big boxing matches, and this is from... Least to most. Um, NBA and NHL playoffs. And then wrestling. And then baseball. And what I love about WWE is they have pay-per-views every month. But sometimes they're kind of, eh. They're just filler. They're vanilla. There's really nothing there. And they're just kind of filling in some stuff for a bigger show. But other pro wrestling companies have four or five a year where they just kind of go in between. And then they have a big show and they finally build around that. But, like I said, it's a good distraction for life, NFL offseason in general. Anyways, tomorrow, Crown Jewel and Saudi Arabia. It'll be during the work day, the school day, at 11 a.m. No, I will not call into work to watch it. I will come home tomorrow and watch it. Maybe, if not, I'll watch it Friday night. And then just record SmackDown and watch it over the weekend. So I'll kind of give you an idea on that. Big matches, looking forward to. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. There is Big E versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship and much more. Really looking forward to this one. Um, I'm going to try and avoid spoilers. I think I will be able to with the way the job type of job I have. I won't really be able to look at my phone a lot, so I won't see anything on Twitter or Bleacher Report. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, gonna finish up this segment with top twenty-five predictions. Um, Coastal Carolina is playing App State right now. I did pick them to win. However, here's the thing with these smaller colleges in the top 25s. Even Coastal Carolina has been there for a couple years. They're going to look good against a lot of people, especially with teams they play. But one of those those teams they face that aren't really a slack, like Appalachian State, like they're playing right now, they're going to give you everything they got. And if you're not ready, they might just upset you. I don't know if App State will. I think Coastal Carolina will hang on to win, but we'll see. Next up, number six, Michigan over Northwestern. Um, Michigan, they did play, have, almost lose a, lose one in Nebraska last week. However, I don't see them losing to Northwestern. Michigan will win this easily. Number 17, this one will be close. South Carolina's got a good quarterback. However, they don't have enough to keep up with Texas A&M. Texas A&M wins this one. Number 21, SMU over Tulane. I predicted a couple upsets last week. This one won't be an upset. But i was gonna mention that I never even went over baylor two touchdown victory over b y u so i was, i was right on a couple of those upsets I just wanted to point that out I just wanted to throw that, out, throw that out there number two Cincinnati over navy again Cincinnati's gonna win that I don't know if they get they should they kind of earned the number two ranking I would put Bama over them i know Bama did just lose a Texas and a couple weeks ago but a but n m is no slouch and s e c and then being in the SEC for years, then kind of know how to play at Bama. Number seven, Penn State over Illinois. Really don't see Illinois mustering up anything. Same with this next one. Number three, Oklahoma over KU. Maybe KU kind of has a nice little start there. Maybe they take a 3-0 lead, but once Caleb Williams gets into it for OU, it's over. Number 16, Wake Forest over Army. I actually have Wisconsin over number 25, Purdue. They did beat Iowa last week, but Iowa is really slow. They don't have a lot of speed. They don't attack very well. They are a good team. They definitely are a top 25 worthy team, Purdue and Iowa. However, I just don't see Purdue beating Wisconsin. Um, Clemson, I think maybe they stick back in the top 25 this week. They have a far better defense than number 23 Pittsburgh. So I think Clemson does this win this one. They have the better coach. So if Clemson does get back in the top 25 this year, this is the win to get them in there. So. Number twelve, Ole Miss over LSU. Look with Ed Orgeron. The news with it uh, coming out this week of him being going to be let go at the end of the season, and how he's kind of gotten away from himself in the off season since, or in the off seasons, and his actions since that championship win. Not even two years later, he's really fallen off a cliff. I think he'll get back into it. Um, he says he has no regrets. I don't know if I would say that if I were him. With all reports coming out of how he would. Act after that national championship win. If you want to know what I'm talking about, kind of go look it up. It's pretty wild. Um, number eight, Oklahoma State over Iowa State. Oklahoma State, definitely top 10 worthy. Um, Iowa State might be a bit of a trap game, but their rush defense is pretty good. They'll be able to handle Brees Hall, unlike Kansas State was able to last week. I'll go over Kansas State's game Friday, like I did last week. Um, number 10, Oregon over UCLA. Um, I don't really see UCLA really doing anything in this game. Uh, number 22, San Diego State over Air Force. Same records, similar defenses. However, Air Force, kind of how it is with these military schools, they don't really have much of a passing game. And Air Force is, I believe I believe it's Air Force, I'm, unless I'm getting one of them mixed up. Air Force only has 79 yards passing per game. Not going to win a lot of games with that, especially against the top 25 team in San Diego State. Number four, Alabama over Tennessee. This could be another matchup to where Alabama's kind of surprised at some point. I don't think they'll lose, but I don't think they'll win easily just because Tennessee has done okay this year. Number 18, NC State over Miami. Um, College football is better when Miami's good, and right now they're just not. Maybe they stay in this game for a bit, but I don't see it. NC State wins this one going away. Number 24, UTSA over Louisiana Tech. Really not much to say on this one. UTSA is just kind of far and away better than Louisiana Tech right now. Number five, Ohio State over Indiana. Um, I actually still think Ohio State is the second best big team, big 10 team right now. I think Michigan has a better running game and a better defense. But I digress. And then last but not least, number 13, Notre Dame over USC. Um, maybe Ed goes to USC in a couple of years, kind of saves them from the mess they're in right now, but until then, they're not beating a top 25 team anytime soon. All right, next up is NFL predictions for this week, um, power rankings, and then some Deshaun Watson and Tua Tungavailoa news. So hang tight. Taking it off with Thursday Night Football, Week 7. Denver Broncos versus the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Baker Mayfield is out. Nick Chubb is out. Kareem Hunt is out. Jarvis Landry is out. Pretty sure my grandmother is not playing this game. Uh, (laughs) On the Cleveland side, (laughs) that sounded funny in my head. Again, like I said, I'm I'm out of it today. Um, Browns are still a really good team, a well-coached team. Broncos, on the other hand, have dropped three in a row. Not a lot of injury issues there. Yes, they did have Teddy Bridgewater out for a game. Um, but they did play the three worst in the league and beat them single-handedly. and um, almost dominating fashion. And they pay some, play some decent teams and they can't do anything. Now, I still think they're a good team or an okay team. I can see them taking a win from Cleveland here, mainly due to Cleveland's injuries. But, like I said, I also think Denver is just still a good team. There's nothing wrong with Cleveland thinking, or Denver thinking they can't do anything this thing, or Denver fans who think they won't win this game. I think they can't. I think they went in a close one, maybe three to four. I'd say maybe let's, I'm going to kind of a weird score. I'd say Denver wins 23 to 19. Um,. Washington and Packers. Washington's defense has been a major letdown this year. Um, I talked about it a lot last week when the went up to the Chiefs game. And Packers have been kind of firing on all cylinders, and they've they got another level, a couple levels to go to get their offense where they want it to be. And I honestly think Green Bay kind of takes that next step and probably wins in a sh- in a blowout, maybe 42 to... Not in a blowout because the defense is kind of hurting right now, but the offense is still like firing on all cylinders. They're the Chiefs. Minus the turnovers. That's why they're 5-1 and one, and the Chiefs aren't. So I'm going to say Packers win 45-27. Chiefs versus Titans. So if you're a Chiefs fan, I'm going to tell you, don't be scared of Derrick Henry. What happened last time? Now there's a lot more on the line last time the Titans and Chiefs played. AFC Championship. Winner goes to the Super Bowl. Winner goes home. Um, they held Derrick Henry to 70 rushing yards. And this time, I don't think the defense was that athletic. Now, I keep saying the defense is, I have a lot of athletes, I have a lot of speed, but I think there was just, there's something wasn't right. I don't know if it was a scheme or attitude or what, or they had this feeling that they would go on this run and they were just kind of out of it. And then finally last week, they're just like, you know what? We've had enough. And they did to bad teams. If they do to bad teams, they just blew them out. Now, what are they going to do against a good team? If they're a great team, what are they going to do against a good team? I think they'll beat them. Um, Derrick Henry, I don't think, will be held to 70 rushing yards only this time. But I think they'll kind of keep him at bay and high and uh, higher points in the game. So, with that being said, I think Chiefs win in a close one. I'm going to say 34-29. Bengals versus Ravens. 4-2 um, and two Bengals, 5-1 on Ravens. For the AFC North. Man. So, Bengals got some pretty smaller and quicker linebackers. Really good safety in Von Bell. If they can keep Lamar kind of in check, they can win this game. And you know what? I'm going to say the Bengals do. They take possession of first in the AFC North. And... Win this game with a final score of 20 to 17. And everyone is laughing at me right now. Um, Panthers, Giants. Hey, another team, just like Denver, started out 3 0. Everyone thought they were good, which Denver's still good. Carolina's still good. They've had a bit of a hiccup. Nothing wrong with that. And the Panthers, they have to beat these Giants. Giants aren't good right now, kind of a mess. If they can't go out and... I shouldn't say they need to go dominate the game. Not like I said the Chiefs had to go dominate Washington like they did in the second half. However, they do kind of need to win it kind of going away. Like I mentioned earlier, Panthers win 24-13. to It's kind of low scoring, kind of close. Donald's kind of being disappointing, but he kind of that game-ceiling drive and gets him a touchdown to kind of Pull ahead even more late. Falcons-Dolphins. Now, I brought up Washington, and I brought up Dolphins. I don't know exactly what the COVID procedures would be if this went through, if these guys would even be eligible to start. I don't think they would be, because it is Wednesday night. Unless it happens tonight or early tomorrow morning, I don't see it happening. There is reports from multiple sources that Tua will be headed to Washington. I, I believe it's more of a three-team trade, or Miami trades Tua to Washington, then they trade for Deshaun Watson. Miami trades for Deshaun Watson. So if that happens, by the way, if it's Washington versus Packers, and is starting, I'm still taking the same score, 45-27. Tua's good. He's athletic. He's gotten better, but he's not there just yet. He would have a better receiver... And Terry McLaurin than he would have in Miami. So that might be something different. Some trustworthy running backs. So again, that might be something different. I don't know. But I, I would still stick with that same score if two was starting. Anyways, back to Falcons Dolphins. If it's Tua versus Atlanta, Atlanta's going to win this game easily. Not easily, but they're going to win this game. If that's the case, let's just pretend that's the case. It's Atlanta versus Tua, and the trade happens, but they can't play until next week. Nothing goes into effect until next week. Atlanta beats Miami 30-20. to That's what I'm going to say. Atlanta's done really well. Um, Even in one of their losses, they looked pretty well. It was against Tampa. They actually looked really well up until the end there when they just had two very unlucky pick sixes go against them. So Atlanta gets to 500 after this. Jets-Patriots. So here's the thing with Jets and Patriots. Last game, Patriots just kind of controlled that game from start to finish. And I think they will this time. Because they are still the better team. There's no denying that. but Zach Wilson seems like he's gotten a bit more comfortable in certain situations. If this game was in New York, I'd say it'd be a bit closer. But it's not. It's in New England. So I'm going to say Patriots win 27-14. Again, it's probably going to be one of those games where it's a little close in New England. Puts together one of those drives towards the end of the game or the middle of the game and kind of seals it. Because the same way a lot of these games, are, you kind of you really don't know exactly what to think. But New England's defense, you know what that's about. Mac Jones has looked a lot better. The spine he showed that he had when he threw that pick six to Trayvon Diggs and right after went right after him. Went completely at him. And threw a touchdown pass to take the lead. Eventually went into overtime, but still. It sh- shows the type of quarterback he's becoming. He's not Tom Brady for New England yet. But he just might be. Eagles and Raiders. So the Raiders? I'm not sure what to think of them. Started off really well. Two losses in a row. They had that mess with John Gruden. Then they go out and just play all around great. Inspired football, inspirational football, and just beat Denver down. Now with the Eagles—they gave the defending champs a run for their money. They've already blown out a team this year. They even gave the AFC, the defending AFC champs a run for their money a little early. It was a bit that score was a bit closer than it actually showed. However, this one's really hard to pick. I'm going to say one of those generic scores. Raiders win 20-17. to That's what I'm going with. Raiders are the better team. Not much better. Better. Lions and Rams. Jared Goff versus Matt Stafford. QB swap game. Kind of like the wife swap. Anybody remember those shows? Or uh, spouse swap or whatever it was called. Those were kind of amusing to watch. Well, this is quarterback swap. Oh, man. Okay, uh... Jared Goff is not average. He, he's average. I'm am not saying he's not average. He is average. And Matt Stafford is great. Rams are a great team. Lions have an eh roster, eh, as in they're average. Um, if they play motivated football like they got from like they get from Dan Campbell every week it can be again one of maybe one of those close games for a bit there maybe the first quarter quarter and a half and then rams just show how great they are and pull away again like kind of like the chiefs did against washington last week it's kind of how a lot of these a couple of these games have been going um rams win 34 21 Jared Goff kind of looks a bit more comfortable. He has the extra motivation facing the Rams. He heard Dan Campbell loud and clearly, but the Rams are just too much to handle. Lions fall to 0 7, unfortunately. I'm really pulling for them, to kind of get a win, a couple wins here. But next year, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do. But right now, continue to ride the struggle bus. It'll get better soon, I think. Bears Buccaneers. This game was a little close. Again, it is one of those games where it's a little close until the end. When Rodgers ran that uh, that ran in for that touchdown, the I still own you touchdown. And the Bears are better than the Eagles. And if the Bucks kind of struggle with the Eagles a little bit there, and it's mainly due to their defense. Their defense is hurting right now. The offense is good, almost great. Defense, not so much mainly because of the injuries. So if Justin Fields can continue to grow as a quarterback and learn from this game, kind of watch how Tom Brady handles himself. Maybe kind of mimic that a little bit, just for this game only. Bears can make it a the game. They don't win, but it'll definitely be a, a, one of these top games to watch. So I'm going to say Buccaneers win 28-20. to Texans-Cardinals, oh my goodness. Is there games that can be called at halftime? Because this will be one of them. I'm just going to say Cardinals win 38-6. to th- six. 38-6, that's what I'm going with. Texans, again, I just feel so bad for Tyrod Taylor. So much bad luck. Every team he's on plays great for him, and then he gets hurt, and then the next best thing comes in. Well, unfortunately, Davis Mills is not the next best thing. So, that's why they're getting blown out by 30-plus points. Next game, Colts 49ers, Sunday Night Football. So, I have a thing here. With how early it is in the season. And I've seen it with my Chiefs. And I've seen it year in and year out. Last year Seahawks. 5-0. and Russell Wilson looked like a clear MVP favorite. Didn't even get a single MVP vote. Yet again. And didn't even win a playoff game. Chiefs in 2013. Started 9-0. and Didn't win a playoff game. This doesn't necessarily mean anything but just because you start out bad does not mean anything and the Colts are not a bad team at all. They're trying to figure out their identity with Carson Wentz at quarterback. They've got some great running backs. If they can just stick with 20 to 25 throws a game, sometimes he's going to have to ask Carson Wentz to go out and ball out more. And that's fine. He can do that. He's capable of doing that. Just not week in and week out. And heck, there's some quarterbacks that can't do that. They're dealing with an injury. They're facing a defense that just kind of has their number. And they can't do that, and you got to rely on the run game. So 49ers, on the other hand, still kind of working with Trey Lance trying to groom him into a, a solid starting quarterback. They will. I don't think he, it's this week that he kind of shows he can be a trustworthy starter for San Francisco. Eventually he will. Just this week, it's going to be a little weird. Colts, I think, kind of control the clock. It's a low-scoring Sunday night game. I'm going to say Colts win 19-13. Saints-Seahawks Monday night. If Russell Wilson was playing, they're winning this. But he's not in the Saints win. Saints defense is good. Seahawks defense isn't. It's not good. It's below not good. I don't know where that's from. I feel like I should know where that's from. That is a soundbite used on Jim Rome every week. I didn't use a soundbite. I don't have the productions for that. And I don't know if there's any copyright infringement there involved, so I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to play that sound clip. But it's below not good, the Seahawks' defense. So Jameis Winston is going to have a heyday on Monday night. I'm going to say Saints win 35-24. Now for power rankings, two things with power rankings. One, you can go watch other shows like ESPN, Stephen A. Smith, and he'll give you his top five. Colin Hurd will give you his top ten. Jim Rome won't give you anything power rankings wise because power rankings don't mean anything. However, they're fun to look at. They're fun to do. For me, they're fun to make kind of go over and they're fun to kind of just see where your team's at. Again, it doesn't mean anything. It's not like college football where the top five matter and the rest are kind of just there for bowl games like this. None of these really matter, especially the first few weeks of the season. Now, towards the end of the season, kind of, but anyways. 32 Houston Texans, they're not good at all. They don't have a run game. They don't have a passing offense. Defense is not good at all. There's no, I don't trust the head coach at all. Um, by the way, Atlanta just went up 6-2, to two, top of the ninth, zero outs. Number 31, Jacksonville Jaguars. They desperately needed to win in London. But they were facing a team with a really good defense. I knows how to take the ball away. That had their two starting corners out, some of the best in the league. So I'm not giving them anything just yet. And no, Atlanta did not just score. I saw the back end of the play. One second. Yes, they did just score. My bad. It was a ground rule double, not a home run. I completely saw that wrong. That's what you get for having your TV muted while you're trying to do this. Number thirty, New York Giants. Again, not a good team. I actually would think that the Jaguars are better than them right now, just after this one just after this one game. However, however, New York Giants have a I don't want to say Daniel Jones is better than Trevor Lawrence, but right now he is. They have more of a trustworthy head coach, even though he's looks like he's deliberately trying to get Daniel Jones killed. So right now they're a spot above Jacksonville. 29 Detroit. Again, I know somebody's gonna be like, "Dude, Dalton, put him at 32. They need to be at 32. I'm not putting there just yet. Um, Jared Goff Goff is the most of their problems. He can't make easy throws. He just doesn't look comfortable out there. Once he can make those easier throws, make get comfortable. They can reel off a few wins. I know there's more more going on than just golf, but he's the main issue. Um, twenty eight New York Jets. Um, they did have a bye week last week. They defeated the bye week in a close one in overtime, thirty to twenty seven. I really enjoyed that. I'm doing this on purpose. There's somebody is listening who's a major Jets fan, and I'm just messing with them every week. So. Good job to the Jets getting that second win against the bye week. Um, really hard-fought victory. Apparently, Zach Wilson walked away okay. So, um, looking forward to how they do this week against New England. <laughs> Anyways, the Jets are at 28. 27 Miami Dolphins. I don't know if I should put them up this high, but I am. Uh, they're not a bad team. I feel like it's one of those, one of those teams that just can't finish a game. They just can't finish a game. They need a different quarterback. Maybe they get Deshaun Watson. And it looks like it's going to happen. It's kind of a matter of when. And when they do, and I'd hate to be that guy, but when they do, they've got the best quarterback in the division. Yes, Watson's better than Josh Allen. Cry about it all you want. He's better than Josh Allen. Number 26, Washington football team. Look. They That defense, I don't know what happened to him after this year. I don't know if it was kind of a one-hit wonder thing or what. Taylor Heineke, he's just not the guy. Maybe that's why they're trying to get Tua as well. He's more trustworthy. He's got a bit of a better arm than Heineke. Well, he's more accurate than Heineke. He's younger than Fitzpatrick, so I can see why it And If anything, he's just a rental for now on a rookie contract. Rookie contracts are typically four years, so I would have three years left of it. Number 25, Atlanta Falcons. They got a good run game. Passing game, they're kind of getting Kyle Pitts back into it, kind of fully getting him into it. Matt Ryan, again, he's just that trustworthy veteran you got to have. He's going to be around for a couple more years. Um, if he is, you can definitely see them trying to throw, uh, throw everything they ha- have at anybody to get Matt Ryan back to a Super Bowl. Is that this year? No. Next year, probably not. But if they can kind of get the defense back to where it needs to be and – continue build around Matt Ryan on that offense, they can. I'm not saying they win one, but they could get him close to it. Number 24, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Jalen Hurts, if he could just get his accuracy down, they'd be fine. The defense isn't bad. The D-line the D is really good. Like that D-line is one of the best in the league. I'd say the best in their... No, nah, maybe not the best in their division, but... No, yeah, I'd say that D-line is best in their division. Um, Chicago Bears, speaking of defenses, really good defense. Justin Fields... is turning out better than what some expected, I think. Yeah, maybe he's not... I think that's maybe because of Chicago's offense is very vanilla. That's how Matt Nagy runs. I know he's not calling plays, but it's mainly his offense. So that's probably why it's such low scoring. But that's just kind of how they run. Number 22, Denver Broncos started up 3-0. Now they're on a three-game losing streak. The offense just kind of looks bland. The defense kind of just looks like it's kind of aging with a couple younger guys. But that's why I kind of have them in the bottom 20s. Now, if Denver pulled off I win against Pittsburgh, they probably wouldn't be in the 20s, but they are. And I said bottom 20s. I meant to just say 20s. 21, Carolina Panthers. Again, Sam Darnold looks different without Christian McCaffrey, as most quarterbacks probably would. Defense doesn't look as dominant as it did. Um, I don't see them even finishing second in the the division at this point. It's probably going to be New Orleans or Atlanta. Unless Tampa just falls off completely. And if that's the case, I don't want to know. 20, Seattle Seahawks. Again, the defense is the worst part of this team. Offense is still okay. Even with Geno Smith in there, he's playing well. He's not playing bad, but he's playing well. Number 19, Pittsburgh Steelers. Big Ben's kind of back, getting back into it. Getting more comfortable, I should say. I sh- and I shouldn't say totally comfortable. He's still not throwing the ball deep like he should be. Receivers are getting better. They did have their drops, at the, uh, drop issues, at the beginning of the season, and Atlanta just took a nine to two lead on a three run home run by Rosario. Well, good job, Atlanta. Okay, anyways, number eighteen, New England Patriots. Man, Mac Jones is just a stud. If they could just finish, there they are. A missed field goal away and one overtime play away from being four and two. They're not going on a run. They're not winning their division. They won't even take second, especially if Deshaun Watson comes to Miami. However, next year, give Mac Jones a full offseason as starting quarterback. New England will be back in the playoffs again. Possibly back in the AFC Championship again if Bill Bella Bill Belichick can just draft a trustworthy wide receiver or even trade for one. Number seventeen, Indianapolis Colts again. I've said it before; just keep it to where Carson Wentz is. Carson Wentz isn't throwing thirty plus times a game, and you keep handing off to Jordan Taylor. Hines, and Marlon Mack. It's like a recipe for success. Run the ball. Old school, 90s football, 80s football even. Still works. It still works. Number 16, San Francisco 49ers. The defense is still, is still getting back to where it used to be. Offense, it's not the best at running back. The play calling kind of seems off this year. Trey Lance, maybe it's because of Trey Lance being a rookie, as being a rookie this year. Or, sorry, Trey Lance first year starting. I worded that very weird. I'm sorry. Number 15, Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of websites, again, these power rankings don't matter. A lot of websites have them in the top 10, and I'm not exactly sure why. Still think they're a great team, but I just don't think they're top 10. They got to string some more complete games together like they did against Washington in that second half. Going to kind of finish us up here. 14, Las Vegas Raiders. Again, pass rush, dominant. Derek Carr, dominant. 13, Cleveland Browns. Man, injuries are killer, and they're definitely feeling the effects of that right now. Number 12, Minnesota Vikings. Similar to the Chiefs. If they can just stop shooting themselves in the foot, they'd be a lot different right now. Number 11, New Orleans Saints. Stay consistent. You're probably gonna you're probably gonna be right there in the thick of it with Tampa at the end of this year. Number ten, Cincinnati Bengals. I love this team. I love seeing Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. They're definitely going somewhere. Maybe not this year. I still think they'll beat Baltimore, but after that, we'll we'll see. We kind of we'll kind of see with it what happens after that. Number nine, Tennessee Titans. Again, I mentioned it before. It's very silly to crown anybody Super Bowl champ. Or anything, but it's also uh, by week six, sorry. But it's also crazy to count somebody out after week six, especially teams like the Titans and the Chiefs and the Seahawks. Well, Seahawks mainly right now, but you get my point. Don't count on the Titans. Number eight, Los Angeles Chargers. They had that bad loss to the Ravens, but hey, who doesn't? From time to time, the Chiefs have had a couple bad losses. Ravens have had a couple bad losses. I'm not talking about this year, I mean the past couple of years. But they're still good teams. Nothing wrong with the Chargers right now. Los Angeles Rams. Um, there's basically nothing this team can do wrong, according to my predictions this year, um, except to lose. So don't lose, and you'll be right where I predicted you to be at. Just not in the Super Bowl, because I predict Chiefs Packers for the third year in a row. Don't let me down, Green Bay and Kansas City. <laughs> Rams are perfect. Not perfect, but the defense... Top 10 in the league, offense top 10. No one's really going to stop this team. I know they had a bad game against Arizona, but Arizona's just on a roll right now. Number six, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'd have them in top five if it weren't for that defense being injury-riddled. It's kind of like Cleveland. I'd have them in top 10 if it weren't for that defense and the, or the roster in general for Cleveland. But Number five, Green Bay Packers. Um, I believe I talked about it. Their offense has another couple levels they can get up to, and they're going to get up to it this week, and I might put them in the top three. So let's stick around and see what happens there. Number four, Buffalo Bills. Um, again, I'm dropping them one spot for what I had last week. I think I got them at number two last week. I don't remember. Um, number four, Buffalo Bills. When the offense just has an off day, not an off day, but not a perfect day, the defense seems to not have a perfect day. So if you're a Bills fan, you want everything to go perfect. Otherwise, you're probably not going to win. Against Pittsburgh, the defense is fine offense wasn't against this game the do- offense couldn't stop Derrick Henry defense the uh, nah. defense couldn't stop Derrick Henry and offense couldn't take uh, couldn't capitalize on certain possessions so turn a couple of those field goals and a touchdown you're looking at what a 45 to 30 win I another no way you can put it number 3 Dallas Cowboys I'd put them up one if it weren't for struggling against a two win team I know I hyped up New England but at the end of the day, New England's a 2 in team. Dallas should have no issues beating them. I know it's any given Sunday. It is Bill Belichick. However, you got to do better than that. Number two, Baltimore Ravens. This team's just firing on all cylinders. They have the most injury-riddled roster, except maybe not now after Cleveland. And they're 5-1, and, and they're blowing teams out. So, Baltimore's number two. But the difference between Baltimore and number one is Arizona hasn't lost. And I don't see the Cardinals losing anytime soon. At least this week. That's all I have for you guys today. I noticed these episodes are getting longer. Thank you for hanging in there with me. I appreciate it. Any sort of feedback. I appreciate any sort of... Whether it's negative or positive. As long as you're not calling me names. Please don't call me names. Um, <laughs> thank you everyone. Have a nice night. I will be back Friday. Next week. I don't know if it will be a three episode week or a four episode week. But again, next Saturday. First official interview. I won't say who it is or introduce any anything yet or anybody yet until that time comes. So again, have a nice night. Enjoy your Thursday. Enjoy Thursday night football. Enjoy some baseball. If, any WWE fans, enjoy Crown Jewel. If you're watching it live, I don't like you. I wish I could watch it live. I'm sure I could. I just don't want to get in trouble at work. Anyways, have a nice night, everyone. <laughs>